So I went down a rabbit hole today and I figured why not bring my dreamers along with me. This story is a mystery and we don't do too many of those around here, but I do like a good one now and again. And this is a vacation episode. For the first time, we're going to take our show all the way over to Germany. So here we go. Some of you listening may have heard this case before. There are quite a few discussion threads about it on Reddit. The story involves a gentleman by the name of Gunther Stoll, not to be confused with a German actor also named Gunther Stoll, which will come up in the top results if you Google this. The story we are going to talk about today that involves the Gunther Stoll that I'm referring to will come up in articles called the Yogsi case. And Yogsi is not a word. It's a series of six letters, purportedly letters, Y-O-G-T-Z-E. It is also not an acronym for anything, but it is the name that has been given to this case. It's often referred to as the Yogsi Fall, which is Yogsi case in German, or Bob Ratzel, which translates to the Autobahn Riddle, which I kind of like because this case is definitely full of riddles. I'll explain more about Yogsi as we go along here, and I'll tell you as much as I can about Gunther as possible. There is a Wikipedia page about this story, and so many articles online about it are regurgitated information from there. And unfortunately, there really isn't all that much out there about this story. Gunther, at the time the story takes place in October of 1984, was an unemployed food engineer. And you know, none of the articles that I read about Gunther really explained exactly what a food engineer does. So I looked it up, and according to interestingengineering.com, food engineers work on ensuring that Processing and packaging and delivery of food is safe and efficient before it is shipped out to be sold in stores by utilizing engineering principles and applying them to storage, processing, and distribution of food, as well as other bioproducts. Their focus isn't so much on the science of food technology, but rather on the packaging, the manner in, in which it's packaged, and the quality of the product. The job requires a strong background in engineering that includes being knowledgeable in chemistry and food sciences. So from that, we can infer that Gunther was a relatively intelligent and educated and meticulous person, but he was unemployed at this time. Gunther was from Anshausen, which is a constituent community in the municipality of Winseldorf, in the German state of North Rhine-Westphalia. And I'm doing my best to pronounce these German places as correct as I possibly can. So my apologies if I butcher anything. So prior to the incident that we're going to discuss, Gunther had been having some episodes, according to his wife, involving some sort of paranoia. What exactly triggered it? isn't really known, but she said that when they talked, Gunther would refer to them 
or they or some people or a group of people that he believed were after him or wanted to harm him. And he did this pretty frequently, but he was relatively nonspecific and he never really made it clear to his wife what exactly who or what it was that was after him. Though there were times when he would tell his wife that they were on his tail and he would insinuate that these people wanted to cause him harm or to do something to him. And this reference to them was still being made on the evening of Thursday, October 25th, 1984. Gunther was apparently having some sort of paranoid episode as he was talking to his wife that evening. And then sometime around 11 p.m., he exclaimed in a German phrase that roughly translates to, now I've got it or now I understand. Gunther next grabbed a piece of paper and wrote what is believed to be six letters with an apostrophe after the third letter. Y-O-G apostrophe T-Z-E. As soon as he wrote that, he immediately crossed them all out. There was some question as to whether or not the G was actually meant to be a G or if it was meant to be the number six. I'll talk more about the theories that have been floated as to what Yaxi might mean. The only meaning that it has today is related to this case. Nowhere in the world do these letters in this sequence mean anything in any country in any language. And whatever it was that Gunther was paranoid about, whether there was something real that was concerning him or if it was something imaginary in his own mind, has never been determined because of what would end up happening to him later on in the evening, into the early hours of the next morning. Not long after Gunther wrote those letters on the piece of paper and crossed them out, he abruptly left his home, driving off in his light blue Volkswagen Golf. I think the Golf is a relatively popular compact car and it's still being manufactured today. In the United States for a while, they were called Volkswagen Rabbits or Cabriolets. There was a convertible version, and those were really popular when I was in high school. But anyway, from there, witnesses saw Gunther arrive at his favorite pub, and he ordered one beer. But as soon as he went to try and take a sip of his beer, just as he was about to sit down or was sitting down, he suddenly and inexplicably fell down and hit his face on the ground, injuring himself. Gunther had just gotten there. He had not had anything else to drink prior to this, so this wasn't because he was drunk. But the fall did cause him to lose consciousness for a short period of time. Other customers who were at the pub at the time were questioned, and they confirmed that Gunther did not appear to be under the influence of anything. However, they did report that he appeared to be struggling with some sort of anxiety or something was causing him to be upset or distressed. Eventually, Gunther got up and promptly left the pub without telling anyone anything about what was wrong or what was bothering him, except he did say in German that he was suddenly gone. So the assessment that he was anxious or upset is based solely on the recollections of the other patrons at the pub that evening. 
Gunther himself never said anything to anyone about what may have been troubling him. Over the course of the next two hours, from approximately 11 p.m. to 1 a.m., Gunther's whereabouts, or where he drove to, is unknown. Nobody came forward and said that they saw him or his Volkswagen anywhere in the area. But eventually, at 1 in the morning, this would now be Friday, October 26th, he ended up in Hagerseelbach, which is about a 15-minute drive from the pub. So yeah, those two hours is a complete mystery. Hager Seelbach, the place where Gunther ended up, is near to where he grew up. As a matter of fact, he showed up on the doorstep of an elderly woman he had been acquainted with since he was a child. He either knocked or rang at her door, but when she came to the door, she refused to open it or let him in. Because the woman was known to be devoutly religious, it's been theorized that may have been part of the reason why Gunther went to her house, that he was possibly seeking some sort of spiritual guidance. But like I said, she didn't open the door, and she indicated that Gunther seemed okay with that. He apparently didn't push any further to try to get in, but he did tell her something ominous that there was going to be some horrible incident that was going to take place that night. I've read some articles that said that Gunther spoke of a horrible incident, while others said that he spoke of a horrible incident that had not yet happened. But either way, whether it was past tense or present tense, the elderly woman suggested to Gunther that he go over to his parents' house, which was nearby, and speak to them about his concerns. There have also been other reports that this woman told Gunther to go home to his wife and talk to her. Others say that it was his parents, but either way, she was trying to advise him to seek help from somebody who would be able to provide him with assistance. It's also been reported that when she made these suggestions that he told her no, but whatever the case, he left, driving away in his Volkswagen, and in two hours' time, a horrible incident would in fact befall Gunther Stoll. So about another two hours and approximately 60 kilometers or 100 miles later, two truck drivers driving on the Autobahn noticed a vehicle crashed off the side of the road, somewhat down into a ditch and into some trees. I looked at some pictures of the area and of Germany in general from above And there are lots of trees everywhere. It's very lush and green, really pretty and scenic. Now, for those of us, myself included, who don't know too much about the Autobahn, let's discuss that for a moment. It is a name for the entire highway system in Germany, and it covers a total distance of 12,993 kilometers or 8,073 miles. There are plans in the works to expand the Autobahn, but those plans have been met with opposition for those lobbying for the protection of the environment. It is generally thought that the Autobahn has no mandated speed limits, but that isn't completely true. In areas that are less rural and more urban, and places that have been hot spots for accidents, or stretches of the highway that have ongoing construction, 
those places do have posted speed limits and those places are patrolled and speed violation citations are issued by law enforcement. Everywhere else, there are usually speed suggestions that are posted, which is about 130 kilometers or 81 miles per hour, which is pretty fast. There are only a handful of places in the United States that allow for speeds that high, and those places are pretty desolate. There are certain areas in Idaho, Montana, Nevada, Oklahoma, South Dakota, Texas, Utah, and Wyoming that do have some 80 mile per hour limits posted. The highest posted speed limit in the United States is a 41 mile or 66 kilometer stretch of Texas State Highway 130, and that speed limit is 85 miles or 136 kilometers per hour, and it's a toll road. But anyway, while it's not against the law to drive faster than the suggested posted speed limits on the Autobahn, If you are driving excessively fast and cause an accident, your liability for that accident is greater. But studies have shown that the average speed driven on the widest sections of the Autobahn is around 142 kilometers or 88 miles per hour. Anyway, as I was saying, the two truck drivers, they were driving separate trucks. They were not driving one truck together. But the two of them noticed a car crashed off the side of the road near A45 around 3 in the morning. Now, the numbering system of the Autobahn went into use in 1974, and all of them start with the letter A, which obviously stands for Autobahn. The major sections of the Autobahn that go across the country are single digits, and the shorter sections of it that connect cities or regions have double digits, So the A45 where this crash was spotted was a section of the Autobahn that connects Rheinruhr to Frankfurt, Rhine, Maine. That probably means little to nothing to most of us listening, but this was about 100 kilometers or 60 miles away from Hager Seelbach, the place where Gunther had knocked on that elderly lady's door in the middle of the night. So that vehicle off the side of the road, as it turned out, was a light blue Volkswagen Golf that had sustained heavy damage. One of the truck drivers went ahead and walked towards the nearest emergency phone along the highway, while the other one went to take a look at the wreckage to see what, if anything, he could find. And what he found was a barely conscious, very badly injured Gunther Stoll, somewhat slumped over in the passenger seat. He was barely alive, and strangely, he had no clothing on. He was totally naked. Gunther was able to tell the truck driver that four other men had been with him in the car, but they fled the scene. The truck driver asked Gunther if the four men were friends of his, but he said that they were not. There were other witnesses there who started to gather and they were talking to each other and they were talking to law enforcement when they arrived to try and figure out what exactly it was that was going on here with this accident. An ambulance arrived shortly thereafter, but while en route to the hospital, Gunther succumbed to his injuries. He was 34 years old. From the onset of the investigation into this, the crash, Gunther's death, and everything surrounding it was very puzzling. And time 
the 36 years that have now passed since this incident has not made the story any less baffling. It was eventually ruled that Gunther's cause of death was the result of being struck by a vehicle. But it was not his vehicle that struck him. So investigators, once they were able to trace Gunther's whereabouts to that elderly woman's home, it was sometime after that when he left, in some place still unknown, that Gunther had become undressed. He was outside of his own vehicle somewhere and was struck by another car. Whether he took his own clothes off or someone was there with him doing this to him is unknown, at least to this point. But I want to pause the story here for a moment and talk about the removal of one's clothing and why someone might do that to themselves in public or at an inappropriate time. Like I said, we don't have any idea why Gunther's clothes were taken off. We can only speculate. We are going to find out that his clothes were inside his Volkswagen, and we'll talk about that towards the end. But I wanted to explore the possibilities as to why Gunther may have taken his own clothing off. This incident occurred in October, so this time of year at that time of night would be very chilly. The average low in Germany at this time of year is around 9 degrees Celsius or 48 degrees Fahrenheit. So it would not likely have been because it was too hot. And we know that Gunther was hit by the unknown vehicle while he was undressed. So why was he naked and in a place where he would be struck by a car, say in the middle of the road possibly? We have no idea as to where he was struck, where that actually happened. The removal of one's clothing has been attributed to the possibility of the onset of an episode brought on by psychosis or some sort of mental illness, sometimes possibly even drug-induced. There was no mention of any articles that I read that indicated Gunther had been under the influence of any type of drugs, and based on what his wife had described in terms of his behaviors and paranoia, it seems more likely that it was something involving his mental health. I am not an expert. I'm not a psychologist. All I can tell you is what I found online when it comes to instances where a person inexplicably removes all of their clothing, particularly unnecessarily and in public. I read a 2012 article on the slate.com about two incidents involving people who ended up naked in public. 31-year-old Rudy Eugene, and then 34-year-old Jason Russell. Rudy Eugene is known as the Causeway Cannibal, when in May of 2012, he attacked a homeless man named Ronald Popo in Miami, Florida. In an attack that was filmed and lasted about 18 minutes, Rudy came to believe that Ronald had taken his Bible from him, so he started beating on him, and then he took Ronald's pants off, and then he began biting off chunks of his face and his eyes. While much of his face above his beard was maimed and he was left blind, Ronald did survive. Rudy, who continued to attack Ronald until he was shot dead by a Miami police officer, was naked. Many of us remember this incident because it raised the possibility that Rudy had been under the influence of bath salts, but that turned out to not be the case. 
The only drug found in his system was marijuana. As for Jason Russell, at the time in 2012, he was 34. He was a filmmaker best known for his short documentary entitled Kony 2012, a film about Ugandan rebellion leader Joseph Kony and his crimes against humanity. It was a film I believe he uploaded to YouTube and it had garnered more than 80 million views in its first two weeks. Anyway, Jason Russell, he also had a very public and very naked incident in San Diego, right at the height of Coney 2012's online popularity. Jason was apparently going around causing damage to vehicles. He then took off his clothes and masturbated. He had made some crude sexual gestures. And his breakdown was also captured on video and posted online. He was taken into custody and placed under psychiatric evaluation for a few weeks. And in a statement Jason's family released, they attributed the incident to a brief psychosis brought on by exhaustion, stress, and dehydration because of everything that was going on with his viral video. Later that same year, Jason was interviewed by Oprah where he described this incident as an out-of-body experience. So the article on Slate posed the question, why did these two men, in the midst of a psychotic episode, take their clothing off and went naked in public? The article explained, quote, Many times it's because the voices in their head told them to do it. Public nudity by the mentally ill seems to occur most often as part of other hallucinations and distortions of reality. Some feel that God or some other powerful entity has commanded them to reveal the radiance of their whole body. After such an episode is over, many will remember having those thought processes while others find the urges inexplicable. It is widely accepted that drugs like LSD and methamphetamine can trigger psychotic episodes. Such behavior is not surprising among psychotic individuals, but the nudity may seem more common in the public's eye than it actually is because the displays are so shocking. Among those with mental illness, sudden and uncalled for nakedness is most closely associated with catatonia. Catatonia is usually an expression of mental disorders like bipolar disorder or schizophrenia, but it could also come from other medical problems such as a brain tumor. Nakedness is not among the top symptoms associated with catatonia, but a person unexpectedly found to be running around naked in public is likely to suffer from that condition. In the case of each of these illnesses, the behavior occurs in a very small percentage of sufferers. As I said, we don't know how or why Gunther ended up without his clothing. But based on what we know about what went on earlier in the evening and the things that his wife had said, it seems as though the thought that he had entered into some sort of psychosis is likely and the removal of his clothing was an element of that. But that still didn't answer the question as to who it was that ran Gunther over, who placed him in his car, and who drove him to the place where his car ultimately ended up, crashed off the side of the Autobahn and into a ditch. Investigators did come to believe that it was likely the Volkswagen was staged there in the ditch to make it look like an accident, 
When they questioned the two truck drivers who discovered the wreck, they were spoken to individually, and both of them said, independent of each other, that they saw an unknown person, a male, nearby the location of the crashed car when they pulled over to investigate the accident. They both described the man as wearing a bright colored jacket and walking near Gunther's vehicle. But during the time that had elapsed between them seeing the car and pulling over and making that emergency phone call for help, this unknown man managed to slip away unnoticed. To this day, nobody knows the location of where Gunther was struck by a car. Nobody knows who the four men were that Gunther said were with him. Nobody has ever figured out who the mysterious man in the bright jacket was seen walking around the wrecked car. And nobody has ever been able to decipher what Gunther's Yagsi note was meant to mean. There are many perplexing aspects of Gunther's story. But over the years, one of the most puzzling pieces of it is what he meant when he wrote the letters Y-O-G-T-Z-E on that piece of paper and then immediately crossing it out. While there are those who have accepted that Gunther experienced some sort of mental break, a psychotic episode, and Yagsi is just something random that came from whatever was going on inside his mind at the time, there are some that believe that whatever it means, it could be the key to unlocking this mystery. That perhaps it is some sort of encrypted message related to what ultimately happened to Gunther later on that night, the answer to why he died. Gunther kept saying they were after him. And something about Yogsi is possibly somehow related to that. And if it could be figured out, then this case could be solved. Some have speculated that Yogsi are actually the letters and numbers of a license plate. There are some that question the possibility that the G might be the number six, that the O might be a zero, that the Z might have been a two. But if we were to accept this theory, then we would have to believe that Gunther had a premonition about his impending death, that he envisioned the license plate number of the car that was going to hit him, jotted it down, and then crossed it out. Some of us may believe that that's a possibility, but I'm not one of them. Things are too random to me. And this night, the last night of Gunther's life, was exactly that. Random. He wrote the Yoxi note several hours before he was killed. And to me, it's highly unlikely that the license plate number of that car, if it even existed, actually hit Gunther and he wrote it down ahead of time. If we assume that the G in Yoxi is actually a 6, then this was discovered to be a call sign for a Romanian radio station. While this angle has been investigated, it has been set aside because it does not seem that there was any more than a coincidence between these two things. There was no connection that could be made between Gunther and any Romanian radio stations, nor did there seem to be any link between anything that happened that night in Romania. Romania is also about a thousand miles or 1600 kilometers away from Germany, and I tend to agree that it's just a weird coincidence. Then there are those who have thought perhaps that Yogsi had something to do with Gunther's line of work as a food engineer. 
It's been written in numerous articles that TZE is a flavoring used in yogurt and the YOG is the abbreviation for that. But I would like to point out that the word yogurt in German does not start with the YOG. Anyway, the thought is, is that Gunther was thinking about his work as a food engineer and that involved yogurt. I looked up TZE and I really couldn't find anything about it and how it relates to yogurt. The results I got was mostly tzatziki sauce, you know, the Greek cucumber yogurt. So I don't know. Gunther was unemployed at the time of his death. Perhaps he was troubled with the manner in which he lost his job or something and his mind was preoccupied with it. There was an apostrophe between the first three letters and the last three letters. So who knows? Then there's a theory that's been floated that Yogsi is perhaps an anagram for zygote, the very first developmental stage of a number of organisms, including humans, when the male and female reproductive cells are joined. The thought is maybe this note mixed up the letters of zygote, which spelled out Yogsi, and it had something to do with the genetic modification of food or its ingredients. Again, this possibly having something to do with Gunther's line of work as a food engineer, it seems like a stretch to me, and if Gunther's death had something to do with his job as a food engineer, what about that could have been a motive for someone to want to do him harm, or to be after him, as he'd been telling his wife. In an article about this on historicmysteries.com, it said, quote, Suppose that Gunther Stoll was sitting at home, mulling things over in his head, and he came to a sudden realization that somewhere, someone was engaged in a secret modification project on food. This someone might have suspected that Gunther was possibly a security risk or even a potential whistleblower. That person may be tracking or monitoring his movements. Gunther wrote down a cryptic message and then perhaps he considered that it might lead to unwanted attention to his wife, so he scribbled it out. So from there, Gunther goes to his favorite pub, but something or someone there spooked him and caused him to have this visceral reaction, leading him to taking that fall and injuring his head. And when he came to, he left the pub, and perhaps the four men that he had mentioned were there with him and they were tailing him like he had told his wife and they were doing just that as he left the pub. Maybe in the two hours between leaving the pub and getting to that elderly lady's home, he was driving around aimlessly, suspicious that he was being followed, maybe trying to lose the persons or person that was tailing him. And he finally decided to knock on the woman's door looking for help but she didn't let him in and he ended up eventually being confronted or attacked by these four men and that the motive for it was to keep him silent about some underhanded things going on in the food industry, if in fact they were to believe that Gunther was a whistleblower. That may explain why he was no longer working at the time of his death. But now that he was no longer employed there, he had no reasons to stay silent, so these men were following him needed to silence him. Maybe they wanted to scare him or intimidate him, but things ended up getting out of hand. That may seem far-fetched for some of us, and 
It may seem quite plausible to others. Whatever the case, it still doesn't really explain why Gunther was naked when he was hit by the car. Maybe it was a way to control Gunther or intimidate him or make him more vulnerable or unlikely to try and run away from them. One theory that really didn't gain all that much traction was the possibility that Gunther was involved in some illegal activities unbeknownst to anyone else in his close circle or his wife. Perhaps some sort of organized crime or drug trafficking and that his death had something to do with that. Gunther was not gainfully employed at the time and he was known to have made a number of trips to the Netherlands. I did read an article about crime escalating sharply in the Netherlands and that by 2019, there was a very real and present fear that the Netherlands was on pace to becoming a narco state, meaning its very economy was becoming dependent on the illegal drug trade. It is only about four and a half to five hours drive from Germany to the Netherlands, and Gunther was known to have traveled there on a number of occasions. This angle had been investigated, but there was nothing found that indicated that Gunther had anything to do with illegal activities between the two countries. Before I wrap this up, I want to share with you a pretty far out theory that I read on Reddit that was posted about a year ago by a user named Path of Truth. Unfortunately, nobody commented on the post, but I wanted to share it with you just so you could see how far down this rabbit hole some people have gone when looking into Gunther's case. This user converted the Yaxi letters into the numbers based on their position in the alphabet. 25, 15, 7, 20, 26, and 5. When those numbers were searched as coordinates on Earth, it came to the Kufra district in Libya, and the user was unable to find any link between Germany and Libya or anything notable going on between the two countries at the time. But when I searched Germany and Libya, which are only separated by two other countries, Austria and Italy, and by the Mediterranean Sea, they do in fact have a long history of relations when it comes to trade. There had been some tension between Germany and Libya following a 1986 bombing of a discotheque in Berlin that Libya was found to be responsible for, but that was some two years or so after Gunther's death. So I tend to think that geographical coordinates that somehow came from Yaxi is also just a coincidence. So the user researched the word yog, Y-O-G, and found it to be a shortened version of yogi. And when the user googled yogi T-Z-E, the results brought up the Wikipedia page for Gerard Karl Mayers, which came up in German, and I translated that page to English. And it said he was also known as Prince Deshero Khan, and Sifu Zi, among other names, but the TZE in his second name is the reason this result appeared at the top of the searches to begin with. And it could be, again, just a coincidence that it, this man was in Germany. Mayer was born in 1928 and was the descendant of Mongolian nobility. During the Chinese Civil War, he escaped to Indonesia, and it was there he was adopted by a soldier in the Dutch Army. Mayer would go on to partner with a man named Karl Fallheiber, 
and the two of them created the martial art known as Shaolin Kempo. Among the things that Mayer was involved in, including teaching martial arts in Germany. But by mid-1984, the year that Gunther had died, Mayer had stepped away from teaching martial arts in Germany and went on to other ventures. In 2009, a biography about Mayer was written called The Last Con. Anyway, his martial arts school was approximately one to two hours away from where Gunther lived. Mayer stopped teaching close to the time that Gunther died, which may also be a coincidence and really have nothing to do with what happened to him. The Reddit user opined that perhaps Gunther was trained in martial arts and there may have been some unknown link between the two of them, and this Yogsi note was related to that. The theory that I like the most is the one that Gunther's death was a tragic accident. And it just so happened to have occurred while he was having some sort of breakdown. The writing of the Yogsi note, abruptly leaving his home, going to his favorite pub, falling down, injuring his head, perhaps making him even more confused and his condition even worse. And then driving over to his childhood neighborhood, trying to visit with the religious elderly lady. And once he was unable to speak to her, he began spiraling even worse Then Gunther ended up driving someplace where he took off his own clothing, an aspect of him possibly being in the throes of a psychotic episode. And whatever he was doing or if he was not paying attention to where he was, he ended up being hit by a car on accident. And whomever was driving the car was afraid of getting in trouble for hitting Gunther, so a cover-up ensued. However many men were in the car that struck Gunther, they placed him inside his own car and they drove in tandem to the location where they either purposely crashed it or they staged it to appear like an accident and then they fled the scene. Just as those pair of truck drivers were going by, taking notice of the car off the road and in the ditch. Witnesses said they saw a pickup truck driving away from the area. Other witnesses said they spotted a hitchhiker near the exit where Gunther's car was found. But nobody, not anyone driving a car or in the car that hit Gunther, none of the mysterious four men that Gunther said were with him, the driver of that pickup truck that was seen nearby, or the hitchhiker, none of them were ever identified. And whomever it was that left Gunther naked and mortally wounded in his Volkswagen has managed to keep their secret for more than three and a half decades. Despite a reward, no one has ever come forward with any viable information. In a 2018 article in Stern.d, which is an online German publication, it said that items recovered from Gunther's Volkswagen, including his clothing, had been lost for quite some time, but then it was found again in an evidence room. These items were swabbed and tested for DNA, and they did reveal some DNA evidence, but as of yet, no matches have been made. I don't know if the investigators have access to the same DNA technology that has led to the solving of several long cold cases here in the United States or if they have access to a public genetic DNA database 
where they might be able to test the DNA in order to find a familial match. But if that's a possibility, then all hope is not lost that maybe, just maybe, a relative of someone who had their hands on Gunther's clothing or the inside of his Volkswagen might be discovered. So all of the questions about the death of Gunther Stoll as of today remain unanswered. What was causing his paranoia? What was triggering his psychosis? Who is the they and them that he'd been referring to? Who did he think was after him? Why did he leave his home so abruptly that night? What caused him to fall down at his favorite pub? Where was he during the next two hours? Why did he go to that elderly lady's house? What happened to him after he left there? Why was his clothing removed? Who ran over him? Who transported him to the A45 section of the Autobahn and crashed his vehicle off the side of the road? Who were the four men that he said were with him? Where did they go? Who was the man in the bright jacket? Who was the hitchhiker? Who was driving the pickup truck seen in the area? And the one thing that continues to bother German investigators to this day is what in the world does Yaxi mean? If you Google it, you will see images of a note posted with the letters Y-O-G apostrophe T-Z-E written on them, but it is not the original note. Gunther's wife tossed it into the garbage sometime after he left that night. It has even led some to wonder if the note even existed at all. The one that is online is the one that she recreated. This case is still regularly revisited by investigators in Germany. So even though many years have passed and many more may pass without answers, Gunther Stoll has not been forgotten. Thank you so much for listening to this bonus episode of California Dreaming. I'm your host, Roseanne, and until next time, sweet dreams. <laughs>